Many are excited to be in a house where you know that you step foot into this building and the presence of God is already here waiting on you. Okay, okay, I don't know if you understood what I just said. How many of you are happy and honored and privileged to be in a house where the moment that you step foot into this place, you know that the presence of God is already waiting on you. It's truly, truly an honor and a privilege to, to be here. I want to first recognize Pastor Rob and Pauline for having me and my beautiful wife, Kelly, and my lovely daughter, Sophie. And I think that um, Pastor Pauline's trying to give you some signals and hints because she, oh, okay, no, no, okay. Just, I just want to make sure because, I mean, she has really loved holding Sophie and just all of that. But um, I want to say hello to everyone. Uh, if you don't remember what uh, Pastor Josh actually said, my name is Josh as well, Joshua or Jay Long or Jay Bravo is what my family calls me. It's a nickname from a cartoon back in the day, Johnny Bravo. I don't know if you remember that for those that are, you know, 80s babies or somewhere around there. Uh, he used to wear tight T-shirts all the time and go, hey, you know, all that good stuff. And, yeah, as a kid, I, for whatever reason, had the tight T-shirts and all that good stuff. So my cousins decided to start calling me Jay Bravo. But I um, also want to recognize my beautiful, lovely wife, Kelly. Um, don't just stand and wave. Just I know you've already been on the platform, but, you know, let's make it official. Hey, 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 hey. And Sophie is our nine-month-old Angel, she's fast asleep right now. Um, she makes me wonder if there is any anointing or power um, within our singing because she always falls asleep during the praise and worship. So I don't know if it's actually boring and putting her to sleep or she's just under the influence of the Holy Spirit to where she just is feeling peace. Either way, we love it. So this morning, um, I want to ask you a question Are you good fruit? And with that being said, I want you to turn your attention to the screens and watch this video. All right. So if you did not know how to pick a perfect watermelon, you now know how. Now, it's a few things that uh, I want to point out. Like it was five points in there that it, it shared. And, you know, the first thing was the field spot, you know, where it's been sitting and how long it's been sitting and and uh, how light it is and how dark it is determines when it's time to be picked and when it's time to be chosen. And then you had, uh, number two, the webbing. The webbing was an indicator of how often it was pollinated. And you would think from the outside looking at the webbing, no, I don't want that. How many of us have ever picked a watermelon and saw the webbing and was like, that's an ugly watermelon. I don't want it. Put it back. Throw it back. What was the farmer thinking by bringing that here? The supermarket should be ashamed of themselves. That's what the proof and the sweetness is from the webbing. All right? And then you had the male and the female. Now, this was the one that I really had to um, pray to God and ask him, you know, why he would do such a thing by making the boy watermelons, which is big and you think strong, but watery. But then... The petite, smaller watermelons, those are the female watermelons, and they're much sweeter. 
Mm, it's like a common thread that he was trying to say. You don't have to be big and strong to be the best thing since sliced bread. No. And then, you know, there's the, uh, the tail, right? Whoa, what was number four? I forgot what. Uh, yeah, the size. Size matters. We're thinking big, thinking small. Oh, too small. I put watermelon back because it was just, that's nah, too light. No, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Being an American, if you haven't noticed, I'm not from Australia. Watermelons are a set price. There is no per kilo, per pound type stuff going on in America when it comes to watermelon. It's $5. Pick whatever watermelon you want. You have to understand, I love watermelon. I love it. It's not a stereotype. It doesn't Look, the stereotype where you see on TV where black people love watermelon and fried chicken, that is not always true. It's true with me, but it's not a true fact across the board. But then less is the tail. If the tail is too green, then it was picked too soon. There needs to be some aging and maturity on the tail. All right, so I want to also let you know that um, I'm a preacher slash teacher, and I go in and out from each one. Um, and if I'm ever at a point where I'm preaching and I don't get my amens and my hallelujahs and yeah, that's good. I actually have an app here on my phone that uh, encourages me. It's called the Preach It app. You can find it on iTunes or your Android Google Play. But just kind of let you know uh, how that goes. If I'm saying something really good and it's nice, it'll be preach it. We have it in female. Also, in male voice. Yes, that's good. Mm. Here's one of my favorites. Come on, somebody. And then, mm, yeah. So, if there's ever a moment where I don't get the response that I'm looking for, I'm just going to go, uh, uh, yes, I am. I'm preaching better than you talking to me. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yes. So it's, it's actually good to have, you know, some fun uh, in, in the word of God. And, and the thing about it, the word of God, let's let's go to it. So when I ask you the question, are you good fruit? All right. I want to talk to you uh, in a version of a parable. And I, I said this to uh, on Friday at the ACC uh, regional meeting. I like to speak and preach and teach in parables because that's what Jesus did. And it's, it's that moment when you go, uh, I don't understand, I don't understand, and he makes it plain. And we sometimes go, oh, I just need to go a little bit deeper. Give me a deep word. And Jesus was like, there's a camel that can actually go through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to make it to heaven. Well, how deep is that? But it makes you go, hmm, let me dig a little bit deeper for myself to understand the mysteries of what the Holy Spirit is saying. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's go to Mark 4. So that you kind of know um, where that is. We have it on the screen. Yep. It says, when he was alone, 
the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. All right. So I'm giving you that. They may be ever seeing so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgotten. So my desire today is that you do not forget what has been spoken. All right. So the next thing I want us to go to is actually John 4. I know that I didn't tell you that, Aaron, but we're going to read from the book of John 4. And this is where we can determine if we are good fruit or not, if we're ready uh, to be chosen uh, and all that good stuff. So John 4. Verse 1 says, when Jesus knew that the Pharisees heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria or Samaria, how some people pronounce it. So he came to a town of Samaria called uh, Sychar, Sychar could be another translation for that, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six in the evening. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into town to buy food. The lady said, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with, associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, she said, you don't even have a bucket. I can just just imagine this woman with a little attitude. You trying to tell me that. I can drink from this living well and all this other good stuff. You yourself don't even have. A bucket. So how are you going to draw from this well without a utensil that we use? She was viewing things in the natural. Not to mention that she didn't even catch the fact that he said, if you knew who you were talking to. As it the sun, uh, let's see here. Um, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again ever. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. So there's a few points that I want to point out in this scripture that will determine if you are good fruit or not. Point number one, the type of seed determines the fruit. The type of seed determines the fruit. Now, we showed a video about watermelon. Now, I can't say that I love watermelon. I have a desire, a deep passion for watermelon that falls under God, my wife, and family, and then watermelon. 
Like, that's pretty much like, and Kelly will tell you, I've spent $30 on one watermelon. I should not have. And I've done the Ramsey class and all that financial healing, but sometimes you just got to spend $30 for a watermelon, and it has to be that perfect watermelon. She actually was the one that sent me that video so that I wouldn't be frustrated when I brought home watermelons because I used to do the whole type of thing. But the seed determines the fruit. So if I want watermelon, I can't go and plant an apple seed. I can't plant a rock melon or a pumpkin seed and expect for the fruit to be a watermelon. So now my next question to you is what type of seed are you? What type of seed are you? Are you the type of seed that when the gardener puts you in the soil, they're expecting you to be one thing, but then you bloom into something else? Mm, it got quiet right then. Let me, let me go to my app here because I, 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 I don't know if y'all felt me. And that, that was a question that... You say you're one type of seed, and the gardener goes, okay, I want to plant you in this garden because that's actually the seed that we're looking for. But in reality, you're something totally different. Yeah, mm, yes, yes. See, we got to understand that to be one thing is actually a great thing. Because God created you all differently, but in his likeness, in his image, skillfully he crafted you. Wonderfully he made you. So the danger that we can have is we can look at the seed of someone else and go, I want to be that type of seed. But God is saying, no, you're, you're rock melon. And people need rock melon. They love rock melon. Now, Joshua Long doesn't love rock melon. But Joshua Long is not the end all, be all. There are some people that need rock melon in their life. Y'all get where I'm going? Point number two. The type of seed determines the soil to plant it in. How many know that you cannot plant and, and please... For the farmers that are in here, if I say anything that is not correct, you know, Derek, I see you back there smiling. <laughs> there's, there's certain soil that you actually have to plant certain seeds in. Am I correct? I, now, if my head, if I'm saying something wrong, go like this, and then I'll just shift it and go to the next point. But with that being an understanding, that means that you can't... Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit deep, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but technically I can't offend you. You choose to be offended. But I'm, I'm going to go a little bit and, and try to be sandpaper and rub up against you. Hopefully you can take the scratching because when you get finished being scratched, you actually come out a little bit smoother. So sometimes we go, well, I'm this type of seed, and I know what I want to be, and I don't like the soil in One Heart Church. So because I don't like the soil in One Heart Church, 
because they do this this way, and I need my gardener to water me seven times a day with two sprinkles. Wait 45 minutes and 13 seconds. If it's 13 seconds, point two, then I'm out of here. But God is actually saying, who is the chief gardener? This is the soil that you are to be planted in. This is the soil. So don't go looking at another garden thinking that it's better over there when you actually are supposed to be planted here. Mm. So point number one was the type of seed determines the fruit. The type of seed, point number two, is the type of seed determines the soil to plant it in. Now, point number three, the type of soil determines how much you water it. Now, once you're planted in this soil, some people don't need to be watered every single day. Some people can actually be watered once, maybe twice a week. Where other seeds can be planted and be watered once in the morning, once at night, but never during the heat of the day. Now, you have to understand that when you are planted in a garden, when you are planted in the soil, it is up to the gardener to know when, where, and how often to water you. You may say, I want more water, Pastor Rob. I'm thirsty. But in reality, that's just insecurity that's talking to you. That's fear that's surrounding you and talking to you, thinking that because you see the seeds over there getting watered, you think that you've got to get the same exact treatment and behavior and attention that they get, but in reality, you're actually stronger or a different type of fruit that's going to be produced that has a purpose to do something else. So because of the fact that the seed determines the fruit, you have to know in this section, let's just for, for uh, example's sake, that everyone in here is in this section is one particular seed. So seed number one, seed number two, seed number three, seed number four. Now, if seed number four needs to be watered five times a day, seed number one only needs to be watered one time a day. Don't get mad because they need the five times. You actually should cheer them on and say, come on, Pastor Rob, water them, water them, water them, because we want to see them grow. Because our external uh, holding, the, the, the shell that holds the seed, is actually more durable than theirs. But we're still fragile. Don't forget to water us the one time a day. But... Please, by all means, water them five times. But then the people over here that's getting watered five times, you can't go, now this is just too much watering. I'm drowning over here. Because in reality, 
the chief gardener knows what type of seed that you are. He knows that because you are planted here and that you're this type of seed that you actually have to go through the flushing of being watered so that everything that has been on you can be washed away but then strengthened so that you can grow and actually have roots that are deeply embedded in a solid foundation. So if we, if we get to the point where we're looking at seed number one and comparing it to seed number two and comparing it to seed number three and comparing it to seed number four, there actually will be division. And there will be competition. And the produce that we're looking for will never happen. Which will then have your gardener frustrated, sleepless, and eventually his head will look like mine. Bald. I think you'll look good bald. And this is all a parable, but you got to understand, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you in a parable, but I, I want you to understand it goes a little bit deeper. All right? So, if that's the case, the type of water that we have, and then the point number four is there's a season for growth. Now, this is a tough one. Because a lot of times, we think because we're planted, we're ready to be picked right now. I came from New Bethel uh, Holiness uh, Pentecostal Baptist Lutheran um, Methodist Church, and I served as uh, I was the worship leader. I was also the, the head greeter. I was over communion. No one could do welcome the way that I could do welcome. I'm the best welcomer ever. And I know the Holy Spirit has brought me to this church, and I'm ready to be used. So use me right now. <laughs> I guess y'all have experienced some of that before. Okay. Right. And you got to understand, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this. I, I did not consult Pastor Rob or Pastor Pauline about the message that God gave me. So I, I don't know what, when, where, how. I just know what the Holy Spirit gave me to teach. But in scenarios like that, because people come from another garden and then they come into this garden, go use me now. But the problem is <laughs> you're still tied and rooted in that garden. So I can't plant you in this garden without actually cutting the roots that still have you connected in that garden over there at New Bethel Holiness Baptist Pentecostal Methodist Lutheran Church of Christ. Because it's so much confusion between what you used to do and what this house is trying to get you to grab a hold of. Because the vision that the gardener here in this house at One Heart has for you is for you to be planted in a solid foundation where the soil has been tilled and it's been shaped and it's been fertilized and everything else. And he's going to water you 
to the point that when you grow, now going through that growing season, here's the thing that you have to do and have to understand when you come from that other church with all the different names and denominations to this church, the gardener has to prune you. And when you get pruned, there are cuts and there are snippets. And sometimes there will be tears that the gardener will have to come in and go, ah, the wind got a hold of this branch. Let me prune it off so that it can grow back properly. And the wind symbolizes your outside distractions. The bugs and the insects that bite on your leaves and and grab a hold of your, your fruit as they're pollinating. And right before they're ripe, you know, it's one of the most frustrating things because I love peaches and plums. Mm, I do. I'm a southern boy. I'm from the country. You may not be able to tell it, but I grew up with horses, pigs, cows, dogs, bulls. I know how to shuck hay, and I know how to do all of that stuff. Now, I did move from the projects to the country and then out of the country to the city. Now, I do put on that little city-fied, you know, swagger, city slicker every now and then. But if you give me the access to a gun <laughs> or a knife or some nice jeans and some boots, you will hear my accent change. All of my demeanor would just be, hey, come on now, buddy. Hey, hey, look at it. Look at it. Ski! I know I do it all, but I become all things so I can win one. So in that moment, in that season of where I'm thinking, oh, man, we got this peach tree and we got these great plums and we got these apples over here, and then I go to pick this apple or this peach or this plum and it just looks amazing from my angle from my angle oh that is the perfect one the color of it is amazing oh I'm going and then everything my taste buds are watering now and then I go and I reach and I grab and I pluck it off of the tree and then I turn it around and it's got this big rotten hole on the opposite side that was hiding from me I've been deceived. Shame on you, Apple. <laughs> Do you know that when we as seeds who are planted in one garden, and look, there's nothing wrong, and you got to understand, there's nothing wrong with being um, planted in this garden for this season and then being planted in another garden. But it's how you leave that garden and how you enter this garden. And if you leave this garden with a bunch of drama and a bunch of mess and what we call baggage, then you're going to come into this garden with a bunch of drama and a bunch of mess and baggage. And I'm here to tell you that in that season of growth, the gardener is trying to actually cut you loose from the baggage. Here's another practical parable. When I go on a trip, I pack a suitcase. I pack a bag. And I carry it with me to my destination. 
And I expect that everything within that bag is going to be used at some shape, form, or fashion, or it's for a just-in-case. All right? That's a prep prime on purpose. I'm bringing all of my goods. I'm bringing all my gifts and everything with me. But then there's the other baggage that we've packed it up. All of my hurts, all of my sorrows, all of my frustrations. Oh, he didn't preach the word that I wanted him to preach. She didn't sing the song that I wanted her to sing. I'm just going to pack this all up, and I'm going to carry that with my gifts. And now I'm walking like where the things that you are amazingly great at on your left hand, and that's with ease. But this confusion and frustration and all of your hurts and pains and all that, you're actually carrying that with you into the next garden. Where the gardener is actually saying, I see this bag. You actually don't need it. It's actually overweight. It, it's, it's actually too heavy. It, it won't go into uh, the regulations of what the airport is asking for. So you have a choice. You can pay the extra fee or you can leave it here. And sometimes we would rather pay the extra fee <laughs> and bring that baggage over into this garden. And then you get upset because you're not being used the way that you think that you should be used. But if you would just listen to the gardener, he's saying, you know, <laughs> I'm about to ruffle some feathers. That outfit that you're wearing, Ms. Johnson, it's not appropriate for the platform. Mr. Jefferson, you can't actually say those type of things to people. Well, I used to say it in my own church. No, that's, that's there. But that's, this is here. So you can't do that. So trust me when I tell you, if you want to be a fruit in this house, in this garden, you got to cut these things away. And here's how you let go of baggage and you no longer have baggage. It may be packed, and then you lay it down at the altar. And you don't bring it with you. It's laid down at the altar. So that way, now when you leave the previous garden and you come into the one heart garden, you may be in seed number one where you only need to be watered once. And once you get that watering, that simple watering is just flushing off everything from your previous garden so that you can shine and be prepped to be planted here. It's going to be hurtful. It's going to be painful. I've, I've never heard a, a tree cry out, but I'm pretty sure that when it's being pruned, it's going, mm, ouch, oi. Why? Huh. There you go. So, when, you, when you're going through that season of growth, expect some days of frustration. Expect some days of not understanding. And it's not a place for you to go, I'm done with this, I'm over it, I'm through. No, it's a day where you go, you know what, gardener? 
explain to me why you water me this way. Because I actually want to be picked. But I just need to know what do I need to do? Do my roots need to go deeper in the word, in the vision, in the heart? What is it? Which brings us to our last point. There's a season for picking. Now, that's a glorious season. Because the gardener has done everything. He's done all of the prep work. He's got the soil fertilized. It's all good. He's planted the seed. He's watered the seed. He's pruned the seed. The seed has had time to grow. And now it's ready to be picked. Now it's time for you to be activated in the church, in the garden. And when you are picked, you're no longer that initial seed. You are now a gardener. Let me repeat that. So you have the chief gardener, who is God, who appointed the head gardener, which is Pastor Rob and Pauline. And now you become a manager slash associate gardener, if you want to give it some type of title. But it's your job to actually reproduce and do the same exact thing that was just done to you. And you have to do it in a sense of love, in a sense of, I know that this is what I'm meant to do. Okay, so how does this add up to the word of God? In the beginning of the scripture in John 4, it says Jesus, the Pharisees found out and they heard that Jesus was baptizing. But in reality, it wasn't Jesus doing the baptizing. It was the disciples that were baptizing. And you got to understand that Jesus watered and he pruned and he did everything that the gardener was supposed to do with the disciples. So much so that when it was time for them to be picked, people thought that they were Jesus. Let me say that again. They went through the seed being planted stage. They went through the seed being watered stage. They went through... Um, the, the soil that they were going to be in. They went through the growth stage. And when it got to the picking stage, they were actually baptizing people, and everyone thought that it was Jesus. So with that being said, it has to be so much so that you're the type of seed that grows into a fruit that people think that you are Pastor Rob and Pauline. Not them as the man and woman, but them as the visionaries of this house. Now, I found out that your, your motto uh, for this year is being fruitful. Or... So it's not a coincidence that when I was asking God what to talk about, he brought to me a, a picture in that video of a watermelon. I didn't know where it was going to come from, but it came from the watermelon. Then I found out that that's the vision of the house this year. So, are you good fruit? Because if you are good fruit, then you will actually look and be shaped like the visionaries of this house. And when they can no longer be concerned if you're going to be this shiny apple or plum on this side, but be rotten on the other, 
they can then go to the next group of seeds and start all over again while you're doing the managing and the gardening of the current seeds. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being the chief gardener. And I know that today was a word that may be challenging, but God, you challenge us daily to seek your face, to know more of you, to know more of your mysteries. So God, I pray this morning that if we are to be the seeds that are planted in whatever garden that we're in, that we are patient, that we are diligent. God, that we are open to be watered as much or as less that we need to be watered. God, that we are willing to be pruned, snipped upon, cut upon for better production of fruit. And while every eye is closed and hand uh, heads are bowed, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to actually be a seed that's planted in the kingdom of God. If you want to be a seed that's planted in soil that will never run out of water and that you never have to worry about being left behind. And if you want to know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior, just lift up your hands. Count of three. One, two, three. Three. I see your hand, brother. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Now, if you have your hands lifted, I want to say a prayer. And now I can't say the prayer for you and mean it for you. You have to confess it with your mouth and you have to believe it in your heart that he is Lord and that he is your Savior. But I will guide and direct you in this prayer. And once you pray this prayer, we're going to have a team of people that will connect with you. But if your hand's lifted right now, if you say, Lord Jesus, I want to be a seed that you can plant into the kingdom of God so that I will be produced as a fruit. A fruit that is ready to be picked and to be used for your kingdom. So God, I ask you to forgive me for my sins and I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, my next request is if you are currently planted in this church and I don't know what stage that you may be in you may be in the planting stage you may be in the soil stage you may be in the watering stage you may be in the growth stage and you actually may be in the picking stage but if you have just those questions or, or concerns are like God, why am I still in this stage? Why can't I move to the next? 
with every head bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand. If you're, if you're in that planting stage, but you want to be in the watering stage or whatever it may be, point, I see those hands. I see those hands. You got to understand that we sometimes forfeit the opportunities that God has based on past insecurities, past hurts, past thoughts. But today is the day that you will be free. Today is the day that you will have victory, and today is the day that will initiate you going to the next stage. So even though those hands are lifted, we want everyone to repeat this. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm in this stage, and I know that you want me to get to the picking stage. So God, I release and let go of the baggage. I will no longer be held back by the things of my past. And I will move forward into the future that you have for me. I am willing to be pruned. I'm willing to be watered so that I can be picked for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May the Lord have a blessing to the word and I pray that it helped I pray that it kind of just opened up your eyes to the reality of who we are because God has a plan for every last person in this building plans for you to prosper plans for you to be the best version of you and he has planted you in this church to be a help and not a hindrance. I'll repeat that again. He has planted you in this church to be a help, not a hindrance. He's going to do great and mighty things in your life.